Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Many nations are telling the United States, we're sending back all of your currency. We want gold in return. In other words, they don't trust the dollar anymore. And when all of these notes, if you read a dollar bill, it says right now, this note is legal tender backed by the full faith and confidence of the government of the United States of America. When we need, you know, you hear Congress saying, well, we need to increase the borrowing limit of the United States, like increasing our credit card debt. When that happens, it's just money printed out of thin air. Congress says, okay, print up another billion dollars so we can keep funding our social welfare programs. Down at the government printing office, they start printing up a billion dollars of paper money. And then they give it to China or whoever wants to buy it, often at a discount. They will also give it in the form of loans to American businesses and then sell those loans to the Chinese. Now, as these nations begin to get weary of the United States constantly running up higher and higher and higher debt and they start to worry about whether they're ever going to see any of their principal, They take these notes that the American businesses and the American government has given to their nation and they start sending it back, saying we want gold instead. And as all of this money starts coming back into the United States and and, and into circulation, that increases basically the amount of currency in this nation in the business climate, in circulation. And let's, let's relate it like this. If I have an apple for sale, one apple, and you're hungry, I say, well, it's one dollar. You give me your dollar, I give you the apple. 
an exchange has taken place. If two people or three people are hungry and I have one apple, and you say, I'll give you a dollar, and the other guy says, I'll give you two, and the third one says, I'll give you three, what is the value of that apple? It's now $3. That's inflation. All right? If I have 100 apples and you're hungry, and I say, give me a dollar, I'll give you an apple. You say, no, I don't, I don't think it's worth a dollar. I'll give you 50 cents. And I say, okay, what's the value of the apple? 50 cents. Two other people come up and say, I want an apple also. Okay, it's a dollar. Well, you just sold it to him for 50 cents. The value of the apple is 50 cents because I have a lot of it left. Now let's reverse that. Let's say instead of having $1, you have $10. And I say, this is my apple. It's worth $1. You give me $1, I give you the apple. What's the value of the apple? $1. If I have one apple and you have $10 and somebody else has $20 and somebody else has $30 and I say the value of the apple is $1. You say, I'm hungry. I'll give you a dollar for the apple. Somebody else says, well, I've got all this money. I'll tell you what. I'll give you $3 for the apple. And the next person, I'll give you $5 for the apple. Are you taking really a lot of their money? No. The value of the apple is still $1, but now you're paying $5 for it. But that's okay because you got all this extra money in your pocket. That's hyperinflation. The price goes up. The amount of cash that you have is going up. Well, that sounds okay, Brother Bob. I mean, I'll have extra money in my pocket. Okay. What is the value of the apple? It's $1. But it costs you $5. But that's okay because you have that extra money in your pocket. So... Inf How can I say this? Inflation is when the value of the goods is, is established by the uh, value of a dollar. A dollar for an apple. Hyperinflation takes place when instead of earning $50,000 a year, you need to make $100,000 a year where last year... You only needed 50000 but this year you need 100000 just to survive like you did last year on 50000 Because there's so much currency in the world. The value of the currency has gone down. Also increasing the price of the goods. In Germany, during World War II, when the Deutsche Mark was devalued, they literally burned currency in the street. Because it costs them like 15,000 marks for a loaf of bread. But if that time was to happen in the United States, and the loaf of bread today is $2, then it might be $200.
but that's okay. We got all this extra money here. Take this. Take, 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 take. So you're scraping together 200, $250, $300 to go buy a loaf of bread? See, those are the times Jesus is talking about. Amen? These are the times where it's almost, you are almost unable to provide for your family. Unemployment will be so high because the wages required to live will be so high, no businesses will be able to stay in business. That's one of the troubles of increasing the minimum wage. Businesses that typically make 3, 4, 5% profit suddenly see their wages double, going from $7.50 an hour to $15 an hour. And they have to account for that income somewhere. The only way they can do it really is either cutting back their expenses, which means laying people off, which means the people remain have to work harder or work longer, or raising their prices. And if they raise their prices and another company cuts back employees and keeps their prices the same, everybody will go to this new company. And this other company goes out of business. So you see the dangers in this? And this is what we're facing right now just in the United States. Other nations are already facing these economic catastrophes. Now, I think it's safe to say that we are describing our own perilous times. That's why I said that we are, as a society, on the brink of collapse. And this is proven basically by the 18 characteristics of the last days that Paul talked about in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. You see, we're living in an age that is dangerous to be living for God. Those who practice righteousness are called intolerant, bigoted, narrow-minded, antisocial, and labeled dangerous to society. The government has even issued three statements to that effect. The use of drone assassinations on American soil against so-called terrorists is now generating concern in Washington, D.C. Then the Attorney General issues a statement that the ability to arrest and place into indefinite detention any person on American soil who is determined to be a terrorist threat is okay. Then the Department of Homeland Security issues a statement that basically anyone who expresses discontent to government policies is labeled as a terrorist. That includes journalists. It'd be conservative journalists, of course. Christians who oppose administration policies, libertarians, basically conservatives in general, can be labeled as terrorists. In some of the FBI uh, training manuals, Christians and conservatives have already been classified as terrorists. Anyone who takes a biblical stand against the perversity that we are witnessing is labeled as a terrorist and could face potential assassination 
without even ever being arrested, charged, or convicted of anything, just a missile from the sky taking them out. While those who practice deviant, sinful lifestyles, those are praised and labeled as heroes by society today and supported by the government. Those who are opposed to these immoral lifestyles are the ones labeled as dangerous. Folks, we are living in very dangerous times indeed. Amen? We may wonder why such days as these might factor into God's plan for the world. Well, the Bible says these are determined days. While God is not the author of evil, he has determined to abandon sinful man to his choice of a life of wickedness. This includes nations that support these choices, including America. This is an effort to expose man's sinfulness and basically his wretched condition. The condition of humanity and society in the last days is absolute proof that man, left to himself, will ruin everything he touches. The Midas effect in reverse. And regardless of how we may want society to improve, we will continue to see it slide into decay. We may be able to stem the tide and stop the advance of sin in isolated pockets here and there. But for the most part, conditions around us are going to continue to deteriorate until Jesus returns to this world to rule in righteousness and power. You see, natural man, instead of getting better spiritually, is actually growing more and more wicked. Ephesians 4.22, uh, Daniel 12.10 tells us that the wicked shall do what? Wickedly. The wicked shall do wickedly. As we shall see in a few minutes, the spread of evil is not just in the world. It's also true in religious circles. Amen? Again, the characteristics of the last days are their deeds. Paul describes the kind of people who will be alive during the last days. He tells us how they will think. He tells us how they will live. You only need to read these verses and cross-reference them with your local newspaper or the evening news and life all around us to see we are surrounded by those who are fulfilling these characteristics to a T. Just take a few minutes. Let's go through this list of attitudes and actions that will mark those living in the last days. Then you tell me if we're in the last days or not. First, Paul says, lovers of self. Selfish. Those intent on your own interests. Philippians 2.3 says, nothing is more important to some people than themselves. These people feel as if the world revolves around them and them alone. They are literally setting themselves up as their own little God. When love for self is elevated, love for God and all other things is lowered. For example, the trend in the modern church towards self-esteem, self-worth, a positive self-image, all concepts borrowed from modern secular psychology. 
It's new age preaching creeping into so-called evangelical churches. Now, every one of these characteristics Paul names is a result of being a lover of self. And when a person is number one in their own eyes to themselves, well, then he himself is the be-all and end-all of all his existence. Then we should not be surprised at the depths of evil of which he's capable. Keep in mind as we study these terms, though, the people who do these things basically are merely in love with themselves. And actually, that is what hell is. You know, we have this concept of the hellfire and burning. But you see, the people who are there, how can I say this, Lord? On the cross, when God's presence left Jesus, because from the beginning of time, Jesus and the Father were always one together. And the Holy Spirit, all three were always together. That's why Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did you leave me? He was separated from God for the first time. Now, he became sin. He took our curses. He died a sinner's death so we don't have to. He descended into hell. The total, absolute, non-existence presence of God. God is nowhere to be found in hell. People who are in love with themselves, so self-righteous, so focused on their own self and their own pleasures, don't give a care about anything else but themselves, setting themselves up as their own gods. That is what hell is all about. The the story Jesus told about the, the rich man and Lazarus, notice the rich man isn't even named. He doesn't even have a name anymore. Your name is who you are. This rich man did not even have a name. Even that was taken from him. He is described as a rich man because that is who he seen himself as. That's who he lifted himself up to be, a rich man. And you see what his riches got him. But even in hell, He did not say, have mercy on me. Forgive me for my sins. I repent of my riches. No, he still tried to exert influence, commanding Abraham to send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool his tongue. He still seen himself as privileged. He he said he was in torment, Yes, but he still held himself out to be his own God. I don't have time to go into that today. We are almost out of time. 
And if I want to get through this study, we got to go. But what I want you to see is all these characteristics is a result of being a lover of yourself. Amen? Now, next is covetous. Covetous is lovers of money. And we could go through several scriptures. I'll just tell you what they are because we don't have time to go through them. Hebrews three, or Hebrews 13, verse 5, 1 Timothy 6, 10, 1 John 2, 15. God's plan is that we worship Him, God. Love other people. Use things that He gives to us to help spread the gospel. When our priorities become all skewed and mixed up, we start to worship ourselves. We ignore God. We love and accumulate things. And we use other people. This is the formula for defeat in life. And that is exactly what we just described with the rich man and Lazarus. Then you have boasters, empty pretenders, windbags, bragging about what they have and what they've done. Setting themselves up as the be-all and end-all of all other people's lives. You should be like me. I can prove to you that I am better than you are. Because I have more. And I do more. And I do it because I have more. And as I have more, I get more. And I get more, I can do more. Oh, I'm so great. Boasters. And that goes hand in hand with pride. Being proud. Being an overestimator of one's own worth. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Nothing but sinners saved by grace. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. You do well to remember the counsel, though, of Romans Chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, don't think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. In other words, as John chapter 15, verse 5 says, we are nothing without him. Pride is what got the devil in trouble to begin with. I'll lift up my throne above that of the Most High God. You can't do that. Next is blasphemers. And notice how almost each one of these things builds upon the prior one. I I just noticed that. You know, we, we talked about lovers of self then lovers of money, then boasters, then pride, an overestimate of one's worth. After that, when you've lifted yourself up and you've accumulated all these things and you're so proud of your own work, you start talking down to others, including God, blasphemers. Given to defiant and bitter words. These are the ones who speak evil of God, his children, his followers, and his work. Have you ever considered the rise in cursing in our day? 
When I grew up, if someone cussed in front of a lady, they would immediately turn around and apologize, even if she wasn't involved in the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, I shouldn't talk like that. Same thing if they cursed in front of the preacher. I'm sorry, Reverend, I didn't mean to say that in front of you. But today, I hear some of the foulest language coming out of the mouths of women in public. Why is this? Because men and women have all lost their respect for God. They've lost respect for themselves. They've lost respect for their fellow human being. They think nothing of using their tongues to speak evil against everyone and everything. They bring damnation upon themselves, cursed by their own mouths. And when you get to that point, it's very easy to become disobedient to your parents. That's the next item. The rejection of Christian values, the rejection of morality, reaches into the home. It is a reflection of and an end result of lack of Christian upbringing in the home. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 says, basically summed up, discipline has gone out the window. If children will not respect and obey their parents, who will they respect? If there's no obedience, no respect, no loyalty in the home, why should we expect to find it in society? Our schools have been turned into little gang-infested ghettos themselves. And this is a true reflection of the values, or I should say lack of values, that's in the home. And when you reach that point, there's no sense of being thankful for anything. So you become unthankful in all things. There's no sense of gratitude for anything they gain or possess. Well, you could give someone in this condition a brand new car. And like, okay, thanks. And then what are they going to do? They're going to go show it off their friends. Man, my mama and daddy gave me this new car. How about that? It's my car now. But there's no real true appreciation for anything. No sense of gratitude. You know, whether you receive something from man or God, there's still no gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says that. Our society today in America is marked by this kind of unthankfulness. People complain about everything and everyone. You know, when I was a cop, the cops would complain about having to work. And I'd have to remind them, there are many people who would love to have your job. But they're unthankful about that. They don't see that as a blessing that they have been hired to do a job to protect the public. Oh, that's a very generalized statement. I shouldn't do that. There are a few who are like that. Every single day, all they do is complain. You probably know people like that in your work, or you have worked with them. They complain about everything. It's too hot. It's too cold. The windows are too dirty. They never pick up the trash at time. Somebody drank the last pot of co or a cup of coffee and didn't make more. The, the copiers, you know, uh, 
the toner is too light. Uh, you know, nobody reloads the paper tray but me. You know, complain, 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 complain. That's all they do is complain. Yet, God's word teaches us, Colossians 3.15, that we should be thankful in all things. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.